0: Where do you go to find all your favorite wine, beer, and spirits with selections
1: customized to local tastes? For over 25 years, that go-to place has been Cox's Spirit Shop. Cox's, Louisville's go-to liquor store.
2: Tired of jumping from job to job? How about a career in a recession-proof industry where you can make a difference and help create a healthier living and working environment? Now for the drive with Mark Ennis, presented by Fitness Market on
0: 939 The Ville. Fitness Market is Louisville's premier location for home and commercial fitness equipment and electric bikes. Find them online at thefitnessmarket.com. Now, here's Mark Ennis and
2: Mark Lieberman.
0: Welcome back into the drive here on 939 The Ville. Mark Ennis. Sorry. Mark Lieberman here. On a Tuesday? Yeah, it's Tuesday. And these winter days like this, I can't. It's all the same. Just game play that.
1: And Lieberman on a Tuesday? It's a rarity here. Play the whole Seinfeld clip. You know, it's Tuesday. It kind of feels like a Wednesday. Wednesday, does that Wednesday have a feel? Uh, Tuesday has no feel. Tuesday has no feel. Tuesday has no feel. Right? You're like, and then you're you're expecting, you think a Tuesday is a Wednesday. You and hope. And then you it's realize Wednesday. it's only a Tuesday and it's only. You know, next the day. The only
0: mid-week. way Tuesday is good is if, when you realize it's not Monday, but you've made it past Monday.
1: Tuesday's always. You, you never it. mess that up because you know when Monday. No, because then you have a, you know those three day weekends where you don't have, money, and then you're back on a Tuesday. Tuesdays have a just they're they're kind of rough. No, it's it's bad. Yeah, Tuesdays need better representation. Need a better marketing. Need a better department. lead in. Yeah. Yeah, Tuesdays it's are unpopular, no popular like Monday. Yeah, very unpopular.
0: That's <laughs> like who's on first? Yeah, for days of the week. <laughs> Eighty-one fifty ninety-three nine is the number if you'd like to get in here. Thirty-eight thirty-one ninety-three nine for the UPS Jobs text line. If you want to hit us up that way, uh, you can as well. Uh, this matchup with Duke tonight—you uh, know—I know every coach is—he's not just going to be like a complete clone of Coach K, but I don't—I don't think I've heard anyone talk about them straying a lot from the way that they played under Coach K. Is it, have you seen much of a difference in no. their style of play?
1: No, it's 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 similar and just like Hubert Davis because he was the tutelage under they, they you know, with the, the actions that they run and how they even though they're a much better defensive team, North Carolina than than they have been in the past, but you're seeing what you see out of Duke. A lot of spreading the floor and you know, you're man to man, but just spreading the floor, trying to drive gaps, not a lot of continuity, not a lot of complicated offensive schemes, just trying to get better players and to beat your players. Is basically what Duke has always been, and it's been successful.
0: How do they match? How, how does the like the stylistic matchup? What's it most like of, of teams Louisville's play Kentucky?
1: Yeah, I mean, if you're gonna look at fast pace, trying to to, to attack, but basically it's been uh, yeah. North Carolina State is 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 hmm. somewhat similar as well. Um, like I said, Duke is is a little banged up. But they're trying to attack you. They're trying to space the floor. Driving kick with Filipowski. He's going to get a touch. He can play at the high post. He can do different things off there. They're going to run dribble handoffs and so on to get him into some um, pick and pop. So, like, you're going to see that tonight. You're going to see him in dribble handoffs. And if Louisville stays with the the ball handler, it's going to be a throwback for a three-point shot for for him. Because that's Louisville's been – they're going to – do some naked pick and rolls, ISO pick and rolls, and that kind of stuff to try and get him some shots. But
0: you remember we we talked to the day of the Virginia game mm-hmm. a couple of weeks ago, and you said you know if they try and ball screen on offense on the first, like I'm gonna know they didn't do any of their homework, and this is gonna be a long night. And it was. Uh, is is there something like that for a matchup like this? If I see Louisville doing this, then they didn't do a good job prepping for this game. Like the the game plan isn't. Is there is there something like that, or is that just unique to Virginia?
1: I mean, it's not. Just every every team has a has a there's that elixir that the thing you got to figure out that that's going to stop with, with Duke. It's it, it, you're containing blow buys. are just you've got to limit your blow buys. That should have been the stress. The last two days, no blow buys. Not tonight. We're staying in front. No trace the face. Early help. This is a game where you'd really want them to have gap integrity. I won't use the infamous pack line type of. Mindset, but this is a game where you want to shrink the floor, shrink gaps, force them to kick it back out, and take contested shots. Because Duke get into the rim, that's what happens, and then you don't have besides Hatfield, you don't have shot blockers, so you have to keep guys in front, you have to force tough twos, and you have to rebound. But that's been the mo for Duke for for as long as I can remember.
0: 93 ninety three nine. That's uh, the number. If you want to jump in here, give us any of your thoughts uh, on this one. Uh, Kenny said uh, a little earlier that the coaches show uh, and, and I think Rick Bozich quoted them talking about defense and look it's it's obviously a, a macro issue the way they defend but in particular transition defense mm-hmm. uh, it just feels I' I've never seen a team worse here in something that seems very 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 fundamental. And it seems to me like more and more teams would just make life easier on themselves to just be like committed to getting out and running. It's going to be easy against it's, Louisville. Like Louisville should be seeing everybody just like breakneck speed. Except mm-hmm. for you, Virginia,
1: but you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, that's the thing that, that's that, that's your foundation. You and I were talking about it. You, you watch Louisville players, and if you watch on the missed shot, like guys can be sensitive. So, for example, if a guy takes a me shot and he's hunting and the other guys don't touch the ball. And what really helps your floor balance, your offense can help your defense by taking good shots and understanding where their shots come from. Then your floor balance is better as far as getting back. But you don't want to see guys backpedal. You don't want to see guys. Their first three steps are the key in any transition defense. Your first three steps because you don't want to put your head down. You don't want to trot. You have to sprint. You don't have a man. And this is where communication and pointing and talking, I mean, we'd we'd stop drills. I stop drills if guys don't point and talk and make sure they understand. Because if two guys run towards the ball, you're in trouble. So you got to command the ball, and that's with your voice or by pointing. And then you're building a wall and your technique as far as making sure there's nothing easy. Most teams are going to run a guide to the rim and have wings run, and there's always a trailer, and uh, uh, you're going to see a, a random ball screen or ball reversal. Duke's going to go into a random ball screen, and that's where, and that's what Wake Forest did. And that's what a lot of teams do. And if you're late getting back, you're at the mercy of that team. they are either going to have a drive, you're gonna leave a guy open. It's three on two on one side of the floor, and that's, but that's something you drill every day. Get back drills and understanding technique. Yeah, because
0: that's not opponent driven. That's just like that's, that's just conceptually what you do,
1: right? And you, you're gonna adjust it to to your plan. If this is a team that runs to the three point line, if you're playing BYU, I think Duke's one of those teams, though, right? That does some of that. Yeah, even Filipowski, he's not gonna to run to the rim at times. He's gonna run maybe to the back screen, step out. If he ball screens in transition. He might not roll. He might short roll, but he's going to pop and look for his shot. But, like, if you're playing a BYU, you have to make sure you're not just running to the paint. Like, you hear at times, just sprint back and get to the paint. You can't do that against certain teams. You've got to match up and identify and know where certain shooters are. And some teams will exchange guys through. So, yeah, Duke's not overly complicated with that stuff, but those guys will get out and go. And especially when you're playing Louisville, you know you can get some shots in transition. So, teams are doing that, they're attacking them in transition.
0: I've never. I've mentioned this in the in the the three o'clock hour with Phil. I've never seen a team that is top seventy five or better in in everything offensively, and then three fifty two in getting their shots blocked. What is that? <laughs> like I'm serious. They're, they're three fifty two in shots blocked when like their own shots being blocked. It's bright red in a sea of green categories on Ken Palm. It's, uh-huh. it's got to drive them crazy.
1: Yeah, that's. Like yeah. their
0: number eleven offensive efficiency in the country anyway.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: If you weren't the dead worst in the country, like, they're worse at getting their shots blocked than Louisville is at a lot of other like real good stuff. Yeah,
1: that is surprising. Usually they have enough guys that will finish that will dunk the basketball and do Weird, this type right? of things. So yeah, but if you look at their lineup, they're they're they aren't you know not six seven six eight. It's mostly six two six three six four. So and in the ACC you have some rim protectors and they so play, they always play tough and like conference that's the other thing I was going to mention. You, you're playing. Yeah, don't steal my thunder. So you have non-conference teams with bigger guys that you have to you adjust your shots on and so on. But like tonight, I'm sure they're going to talk about Duke in, in their pregame stuff and, and their um, shoot around. Shot fake. Because Louisville, if there's a category for that as far as leaving your feet, Louisville's definitely in the like, top 10 in feels that. feels like
0: those, have you ever seen those TikToks that people make <laughs> of them like, like a kind of a fake conversation with their dog or with like a small child (laughs) and they're like so what do we do when a stranger comes up and offers you candy get in the car no 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 that's how it feels like about uh, shot fakes Mm -hmm. like so what do we do when somebody shot fakes jump no 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 we don't we don't do that there was a shot in the wake forest game in which two Louisville players fell for the same shot fake
1: yeah I remember
0: I've never seen that
1: well it's a lot of the first this year
0: how do you practice not falling for shot fakes? Because it seems to me like that's a uh, pass-fail kind of,
1: you're either pregnant or you're not. I'm either going to jump for this thing or I'm not. No, I mean, look, that's something. It, Impulse it's, control. Yeah, but you 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 teach it, and it's, you emphasize it. So it's stay down. Be the second off the floor, and you drill it. I, I, I've i drilled it. There's a shot fake, and, and you, have, you, you line up your guys, and we played against teams that will love to shot fake and drive. Stay down. Stay down. You have them say that. You have the other four players. It's intimidating when you have everybody communicating and talking to each other. And I know we were talking about Kenny Payne's talking about the lack of communication with his team. But if you have guys saying to each other, stay down, stay down. And if you're drilling that constantly, I mean, it works and you just have to teach it. But like getting guys, it's not easy because it's not supposed to be easy. And coaching is not easy. And getting guys to play the way that you want. And see it through your eyes. Yeah, it's not easy, but you have to get them to stay down and be second off the floor. And if they're not, then there's the horn and come sit next to me. And you're definitely going to stay down. We, well, you're uh, not getting. Yeah, you're the, not going for shot because You're sitting on the on the chair.
0: He talked about them them talking. Mm-hmm. You know, and I have related the story of Peyton of, of Rick making yeah. Peyton go yell at cars mm-hmm. out on, on the street. I'd like. I wish I heard more of of that. I, I mean, I, I just uh, it's just sort of like he laments the team having this characteristic of which he is in charge. I would Come sit next to me till you find your voice. It just seems like that's easy.
1: Yeah. If you ever just want to listen to sound and you watch Houston and their communication as far as getting back, you think it just happens just like out of the blue? No, they drill it every single day. And then you do it, and then if your guys aren't doing it, then they're going to run or there's going to be consequences or you're going to get guys in there. But they're going to do it because you're going to teach them, hey, Make sure we're absolutely the loudest team in America. It's intimidating. And then in the game, if it doesn't happen, why not a quick timeout and address it and address it the way it needs to be addressed with not a lot of fruits and butterflies and rainbows. Address it the way that, hey, put another five in. But that's, that's part of it. That's part of the job. It goes with the territory. Getting guys to do things they're not comfortable doing, that's... A part of coaching because everybody can go out there and make dribble moves and score and use ball screen. The things that are hard, that's what that's where you you earn your medal. As far as a coach, they are doing some some decent stuff on offense,
0: though, right? Mm-hmm. Like they it, are. It seems be, I don't know. Like I don't know if it's just sort of naturally occurring or, or what you attribute that necessarily to. I just feel like it's not hard to motivate guys to play good on offense.
1: I think you have a shortened rotation, so you have guys who are more comfortable and understand. Where, the, where they're comfortable getting their shots from. And I think the ball's not sticking like it was early in the year. a lot of ISO. It was a lot of five out and then some cross screens to get an ISO in the post, whether it was Mike James or Trey White or so on. Now you're getting a lot more of baseline runners and some, I'm just going to throw out the exit screens because I know you love when I talk about that stuff, more ball screens with lifts, more, dribble drives with handoffs getting Mike James understanding getting him downhill you'll see guys drive and they'll flip it back to Mike James to get him downhill to get him in position you see more action cross screens to get Brentley Hunley Hatfield in the post and four round one so yeah those things are are better they're running schematically better offense and they're getting better shots consistently no because when when they have to when it's random and Sixty-five to seventy percent of the game is random. You're coming down. You have to make the right play, and you know that's where sometimes they get in trouble. Um, Sky Clark, you know, over dribbles and, and tries to over penetrate at times. Um, but yeah, I would say there's they've progressed from from the beginning of the year to where they are now offensively. To put a finger on it and say exactly why, not being at practice, I can't tell you that. But I can tell you that defensively they have regressed. Which is a
0: mouthful, because regression has kind of a starting point, and then you diminish from that, and the the starting point. Like I, I saw Bozich. I was kind of shocked to put it in the story. Honestly, their defensive numbers are worse than last year, and it just seems unthinkable to me. But somehow
1: they are. There's factors. I mean, you, when you have young guys to come in anywhere to go to like the great defensive teams, the Houston's. Uh, you name it, San Diego States to bring young guys in and to understand all the terminology. It's complicated. It's it's for people to think it's, there's so many factors where your foot's position, where your hand is, where you are, you know, moving off the ball as a pass is made and sprinting into gaps and all there's just a a plethora of stuff there. So you have young guys and then you have guys who I'm not sure are bought in to defending. And then you have also guys that don't want to foul because they want to stay on the floor which is also a factor, and then you don't have a defensive mindset that if you factor all those things together, it, it doesn't bode well for you.
0: It's not the the best recipe in the world for defensive no. success. No,
1: you're not the Detroit Pistons of the 80s defensively. <laughs> not at all. With those things.
0: Uh, before we let you hear it, uh, j- in just a couple of minutes, I had a chance to sit down today with Ashton, uh, Gelati Quincy, Riley. Uh, hard to listen to those guys today. I know they did a public presser and then I got to interview them here to wrap things up here. So I want you guys to to get to hear this, but uh, two guys I'm sure that they feel extremely fortunate uh, to have back. Oh, yeah. Uh, who had pro options and instead decided to sort of focus on this and, and trying to maybe improve that a little bit. Uh, I don't think they're going to have a big defensive drop off next year.
1: I mean, those with having guys that get it, like those two, that's huge. You know, and you have tone setters that you and I have always talked about. Those guys get it and they can impact the new new guys that are coming in. That's a, that's it's it's a game changer to have those two back.
0: Because yeah, even if you are going to be a a, a portal team, you know, and you're going to rely on, I think, a little bit more con- discontinuity every year, but but being able to sort of keep that roster competitive, you're going to have to have leadership. Yeah. You know, you're going to have to have guys that you know you can count on. I think both of those guys, uh, to me, they, they come across uh, that way uh, and have. I, I you'll get to hear. I did ask them both about having moms who are on social media that are super active and people pestering them uh, for what their son's NFL decisions were going to be. So you can hear that uh, as well. But I I think the the optimism about this team, as soon as there's any feeling at all that Tyler Shuck's going to be fine, uh, I think they will be climbers in the polls like they were last summer where the optimism about them sort of grew uh, and grew. I, I think these guys are going to turn out uh, to be the same way.
1: Oh, yeah. you Look, you mentioned that when you have guys coming back that what you've built and you have a few guys that can understand because put an r- arm around a younger player as he's trying to grasp it it's a lot different coming from a guy who's done it and done it well than from a coach it really is. All right, so
0: here we go. Uh, this is uh Ashton Gelati and Quincy Riley uh today at uh, media day for uh Spring Sports. Here we go. All right, happy to be joined with Ashton Gelati. 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 Quincy Riley here uh doing a, a little uh, I guess a pre-off season uh, sit down mm-hmm. with us here. Uh, well, can I ask you guys to go back in time, both of you here, uh, the, the first meeting with Coach Brom, so you guys you know, signed to play with somebody else here, and now here's a new coaching staff coming in, just uh, can you remember what your your first impressions were of
2: him, and maybe some of the, the message there with that first meeting? Well, I think, obviously, he was, he was very serious when he came in, he made it very clear from the start uh, what his goals were, what his intentions were, uh, and I think, Especially in the first meeting, I think he conveyed how much knowledge he has of the game, how much passion he has for the city and for us, even though he didn't even know us at the time. So uh, I think he just did a good job at just giving us a a cause to rally to.
3: Yeah, 100%. Like, when he first came in, he showed us, like, how serious he was about ball, like, what was the end goal with this, no matter, like, if he recruited us or not. Um, And then, like – just well, me staying like from the old coach staff to trusting him i just felt like with that meeting showed me like yeah i can trust him like he he here for one thing that's football so he's gonna put me in the best position to, to be the best to be the best on the field
0: so like that heavy kind of emphasis on like i'm serious about football like that really resonated with you guys like yes, it's sir. not so much about like not that the personal doesn't matter yeah. but just like that that's that's what you wanted to hear yes, yeah sir. Uh, the the defensive coaches, so that's sort of the next step, right? You think of Jeff Brom and offense and all that. But the defenses coach, uh, defensive coaches come in. What were your kind of your first impressions of those guys, and maybe how reassuring that was?
3: Uh, see, it's kind of crazy because my position, I found out my uh, my position coach, Steve Ellis, he actually recruited me at my old school, <laughs> and then left. So me and him I always had like a connection. I, we was talking before he even got here. And then um, me and Ron English, him and Ellison similar alike. So I feel like it was, it was all going to work out. And then they came with the serious about ball too. Um, they came, they they, you see them as a coach, but they also can talk to you like like a mm-hmm. friend too. And like They understand everything that's going on, but they're also serious about ball. So I think it's a good balance that they had when they came in.
2: Yeah, I think all of the coaches that we brought in were, were great coaches. And I mean, obviously they care about ball, but I mean, I had a lot of conversations with them uh, just about life, just understanding what, where I'm going to fit within the scheme, trying to ease me into what their vision is for this team. And then they did a great job at just making it clear. Um, Coach English showed didn't hold no secrets, just, just kind of showed exactly what the team was going to be, what his vision was, how we were going to play ball. And I think uh, just – Just, I mean, they kind of impressed me.
0: What what kind of role just for you uh, did Mark Ivey play, maybe, in you decided to stay uh, here after the coaching change and and, and embrace the new coaching staff when he decided to stay? I mean, obviously, Coach Ivey's
2: a legend. I love Coach (laughs) Ivey, but um, I think just knowing that he was here gave me a little bit more comfort because there's still familiarity in, in in the room. Like, I wasn't fully going into some blind like I knew someone who's on staff obviously he believed in what they believed in And then I mean obviously yeah you don't miss out on his energy because he's still around so uh, I still get the best
0: of both worlds in a way what kind of feedback did both of you get uh, from the NFL about things like that they would like to see from you more of that maybe factored into deciding to coming back and, and giving it another year
3: uh most feedback I got was playing inside as a nickel um getting the more on the run fit uh, that's really most of like the most common thing I got back from each team.
2: My stuff was more like um just like pass rush fluidity, making sure I had like more plans and in going into it um, then a couple a couple people want to see if I can hold more weight and play around with that so is, it, is the feedback that specific like that? Where they're like, here
0: are specific. I, I have no idea what, what that even you looks know, like.
2: They, I mean, obviously, you, you can be outside of their metrics if you just prove it to them. But, I mean. They got something they're looking for? They, they tend to nickel and dime. They have very specific metrics of what they want. So, if, you, if you're out of it, you got to show up to them more on the field. Like, overcompensate can. somewhere else.
0: Yeah. yeah. Uh, did you talk much? Like, how much feedback did the coaches really give you or did you ask for any of that sort of thing or is that sort of a hey you handle that that's yours and
3: yeah um ultimately i listen to my position coach because everybody talks so like he pretty much told me the same thing that they tell me too so it all correlates so i, I listen to him and see and hear what he had to say and i just take it around with it i
2: think my coach kind of um, he gave his input but he was more trying to put me in positions to connect with people who could give me information. So. It wasn't more like he wasn't trying to tell me what to do because he wanted it to be my decision. Um, but he gave me, like, resources to, to reach out to he would have to talk to to try to help clarify what I wanted to do.
0: Was there a time, was there a point like this year where, because I'm sure it happened to both of you at some point or another, where you started to realize, oh, defenses, they don't want to be, they don't want to come, or offenses, excuse me, they don't, they don't want to come my way. They don't want to try my side at all. Like, did you realize maybe early on I'm the focus here of what they're trying to do on offense? Uh,
3: I mean, I've seen it a lot, but I, going to games, I never think like that because anything can happen. So I just always want to stay like, okay, fin- every play I want, they, they come my way. So I, that's that's how I approach every game, for real. And so, like, it makes me not relax, though. So when they do come my way, I can I can be on my feet to make a play.
0: But you can sense it, right? Like, they're not trying to. Yeah, I,
3: I, as a gang, i You just I can't just let yourself sense relax. It. Yeah, I just can't let myself relax. Yeah,
2: honestly, I, said, I I've never thought about any of that in a game. Maybe a little bit after tape, watching shirt. Sure. But I mean, if you if you expect the people to go away from you or you expect them to do a certain thing, then that's how you get caught you know, that's how you get out of position and that's how you allow big plays to so, so
0: I look I don't want anyone snitching their name and names or anything, but like surely this off season you guys did other people reach out to you about perhaps going somewhere else? Not necessarily going to the NFL? Did you hear that sort of thing indirectly or back channels that sort of thing? I don't want any names for what uh,
3: Not for real. Com- really, everybody thought I was leaving. So, okay. like, going going the draft this year. So, uh, it wasn't really nobody reaching out.
2: Yeah, Obviously, there's always people telling you what sure. they right, think you should do. So. Yeah. I mean, of course, you have people reaching out to family members. Yeah, yeah, yeah whatever they'll tell you either you should go or you should leave or you should go to this place or, right. but I mean as long as you as long as the people that matter and you take their opinions and just I mean pray on it I mean that's that's really
0: Dude, I'll let you guys get out of here either of your uh, your moms be like could you guys please just make a decision so everyone will leave me alone on social media asking me about what you guys are gonna do
3: <laughs> yeah I, uh, I, I got yeah, a ton though <laughs> my mom would like it's my mama, like, so everybody, not me, not being so much on the media, telling, like, what I'm going to do, and this and that. They, they they go to her for answers, and, mm-hmm. like, she kind of get fed up with it, though. Sure. Yeah. yeah, so it was, I don't know how to deal with it.
2: <laughs> my mom's my mom the exact same way, so, I mean, pe- people go to her because they know I just don't, I, so most of the time I don't respond. I just get, I get lost. I don't go on social media too much, but, yeah, I know people will call my mama.
0: Well, guys, I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Good luck. I for I appreciate you. Thank, Thank you. Thank you. Yep. Appreciate it.
1: Taking care of your family isn't always easy. So we make sure getting care when you need it is. With Baptist Health Urgent and Virtual Care, we bring you more options and greater convenience, too. With video visits available 24-7 and online check-in through MyChart for in-person visits. To check in online or to set up a video visit, go to baptisthealth.com careanywhere.